Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Good morning, church. Praise the Lord. And I'm, th- I'm thinking of ways to uh, greet you all with excitement, the excitement in my heart, you know, to be with you this morning, to share the Word of God uh, with you. And I would like to say a special thank you to uh, Pastor June for giving me this privilege to share God's heart with you guys on the subject of purpose. Before I get into it, I think it would be good for me to say hello to, uh, to every one of us in a non-formal way. You know what I mean, right? Uh, it's, been a, it's been a while now that my wife and I relocated to Milton Keynes, you know, and um, we started pastoring the Transformers Church as the Lord leads us. I remember a few times that we've come down to London to hold one or two meetings and to do those amazing, uh, to attend those amazing Christmas party. Uh, it's been a privilege seeing quite a number of you guys at the Rema meetings. So, I mean, it's just so good to be with you guys this morning, to be with the church family this morning. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad to, to, to minister the word of God. Uh, to you all, I mean, my heart is so full of joy that to be bad and living word in our home church and to spend an amazing time with, uh, with you, church family. So I hope uh, we're all doing well. I, I trust that um, many of us have, um, have grown, amen, in our work with God, taking responsibility in to do and do to do what god has called us to do i remember i used to run catch-up sessions with us i hope those catch-up sessions are you know started something in some of us and we're still running uh with those fire amen wow you can tell i'm very excited uh i don't really know how to pause my salutation this morning but i'll pause here so that i can get into the uh, message to share with you what god as in store for us this morning. Before we get into it, I, I would like us to say a few words of prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the privilege to fellowship with one another in your word. As we want to talk about purpose, Father, we pray that your uh, your spirit in us open our ears to hear and open our eyes to see, to see what you are saying to us, to see the direction you are leading us. I pray in the name of Jesus that people who have been talking to you and praying concerning their purpose and are seeking for direction, I pray that this morning they will get clearer direction. They will see more clearly the direction you are leading them. And Lord, I pray that as many people who have been trusting you to hear what you have in store for them, your plan and your purpose for them, I pray that their ears will open to hear this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right, so in the month of March, I learned we are focusing on the theme, my purpose surpasses my challenge. My purpose surpasses my challenges. Yeah, we have quite a number of challenges in life and uh, we are um, edifying ourselves, building up ourselves in the month of March, encouraging ourselves that what, no matter what we go through in life, those things, those challenges, negative challenges, whatever they may be, they are not as great as our purpose and they are not insurmountable, right? So we are saying that our purpose is greater than 
the challenges we go through, that our purpose exceeds the challenges we go through or we may go through. But for us to be able to boldly declare and walk in the reality of that truth, that our purpose surpasses our challenges, then we need to have a clear understanding of what purpose is. And when I talk about purpose here, I'm talking about the purpose for our existence. The purpose for which God created us. So let's look at a few definitions, a dictionary definition of purpose. So a dictionary definition of purpose states, uh, purpose is the reason for which something is done. I repeat, purpose is the reason for which something is done. Purpose is the reason for which something is created or something for which something exists or reason for which something exists. So, purpose is a reason for which something is done, created, or exists. You and I know that we did not create ourselves. Each and every one of us in church, in church this morning, or if you're listening via audio podcast, or you're watching, um, you know, and at a time other than the time of a service, I want to believe that you agree with me that you did not create yourself. And you didn't fall from the sky. You didn't fall from heaven in a sense. I want to believe, I'm stressing this because I'm, I'm hoping and I believe that, I'm hoping, also believing that people watching or listening to me do agree with me that we did not create ourselves and that we were created by God. The book of Genesis, God said, let us make man in our image. Let us make, make human beings in our image after our likeness. In our image after our likeness. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that God formed the body of the man. right, And he breathed into the nostrils of the man the breath of life. And man, and same thing woman, became a living being. I know it was not a woman, a lady, a female in the Bible, in the, in the account of Genesis chapter 2. But I'm trying to help us to trace our steps back to the source of our life the source of our creation and that is god so if you agree if you agree with me that you were not created you were not created by yourself or you if you agree with me that you didn't fall down from the, from the sky then and if you agree with me that you were created by god then god the all-knowing god the almighty god the all-amazing god the almighty, the, the majesty, in his majesty, right? I'm trying to help us here. I'm trying to paint a picture to kind of help us have a sense of what God looks like and who God is. So in the, the almighty God, we can't expect him to do things without our purpose, without an intention, right? We can't expect him to do things without reason. So if you agree with me that you are created by God, I also want to encourage you to agree with me that God does not do anything without a reason. God does not do anything without a reason. Now, I am not talking about reasons. Okay, I'm not talking about things like evil stuff. That's another topic for another day. Many people believe that God brought evil into their life for a reason, maybe to teach them a lesson. That thinking is flawed. That thinking is wrong. That thinking is not correct. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 38, that 
how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing what? Doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the enemy by the enemy because God was with him. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. John chapter 14 verse 9. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Hebrews chapter 1, Jesus said, uh, that's what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, I think verse 3. He said, Jesus is the exact image of the Father, exact representation of him. So, even Jesus said in the book of John chapter 5, he said, the works that I do are the things I see my Father do. He said, the miracles that he, that he did, right, while he was on his, or while he was on the earth, right, he said, the miracles that he did are the things he saw his Father do. So if Jesus is the exact representation of the Father and there's no form of evil in Jesus and Jesus never did evil to anyone but good, then there's no evil about God. There are many things that we cannot explain why they happen, but what I would tell you according to the word of God and according to what Jesus says, don't forget that Jesus is the reason for our Christianity, is a reason for our, for our being a believer, is a reason behind our being our salvation and becoming a child of god so if jesus is the essence of my christianity i would rather believe what jesus says compared to what some other guys said in the old testament isaiah moses and all kinds of, kind of guys they said all manner of stuff right but jesus came to put things in the right perspective i'll give an example in the book of matthew uh some guys went to jesus and they said to him they said and they asked him they said they asked can we divorce our wife for any reason? What's Jesus' response? Jesus said, Moses told you what he told you because of the hardness of your heart. Moses may have said it that, you know, God, God commanded that if any man does this, if any woman does this, you should do this. Moses himself, some things he got right, some things he didn't get right. Now, that may arouse some questions about the Old Testament if people should throw away the Old Testament. I'm not saying that. But what I'm trying to say to you is that if we look at the Bible carefully, the Bible tells us that in the Old Testament, those guys saw things in types and shadow. And everything they were talking about, writing about, was pointing towards Jesus. So until we have a clear understanding of what the Old Testament is and the context of the event in there and the person was speaking, right, uh, we may have a funny perspective of God. So what I'm trying to say here is this. God does not originate evil. God is not the originator of evil. He does not bring evil into our lives. God does things for a reason. He created you and I for a reason, but he does not bring trouble and evil into our lives. If God was the mastermind of evil in our lives, then why are you praying against it? Why are we praying against it? It means we are praying against the will of God. Why don't we just suffer those consequences and die with it? Even when we are sick, when we feel ill and, and things like that, and some people think God is trying to punish us or something, so why do we go and take medication? Why do we go to see the GP or to see the doctor? Why don't we just accept it as this God's will and die of it? We must be walking against the will of God if we believe that God is the originator of sickness and disease. But the Bible says to us in the book of James chapter 4, verse 7, that we should resist the devil. We should actively stand against the devil and he will flee from us. Amen. So if the Bible tells us to stand against the devil, it means that God is not the source of evil. Amen. So God does things for a reason, but that does not include evil. So if there's any evil going on in your life, 
I want to challenge you to stand your ground on the word of God, according to Colossians 1.13, that God has delivered you from the power and the dominion of darkness and stand your ground against it. Walk with the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost open your eyes and guide you to find out what is behind the situation. How is the devil taking advantage of you? How is the devil manipulating you? If you can close the door on the devil, you can effectively stand against him. But if you are continue to give room to the devil in your life, either by cooperating with him, living your, a lifestyle of sin, or doing all manner of evil things, if you are cooperating with the devil, gossiping, backbiting, standing against your pastor, throwing your pastor under the bus, all manner of things that people do today, right? If people, when people are doing those things, they are opening the door for the devil into their lives. Now, God is not the one punishing them, but Romans chapter 4, so Romans chapter 6, verse 14 to 16 says that to, to whomever we give ourselves, we yield ourselves slaves to obey, that person's slave we have, either of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. So the Bible is saying to, saying to us that if we give ourselves to sinning, right, we are making Satan our Lord. The devil is so wicked that he wants to force a particular sin on things on you. And I'm speaking from experience as well. Because at times and situations whereby the devil will keep bombarding my mind with a negative thing to do. And I will stand my ground until he leaves me. And um, I've, I've developed the strength to stand against the devil if in temptation uh, based on a few revelations. So when the enemy is constantly bombarding you with temptation, he has a fall for you. He has something against you. Right? So... Don't allow him to pressure you into things you should not get into and don't allow him to, to mess you about. Can I say something here? Connecting temptations and seeing with the purpose. Now, Satan's consistent attack on us is an attack on our purpose. I repeat, Satan's consistent attack on us, Satan's consistent bombardment of, with temptation and sin is an attack on our purpose. As I try to unravel what purpose means much more, bear this in mind. In discovering your purpose or in living out your purpose, you need to work with God. As long as you, you, you agree with me that, and according to the word of God, that God created you. Now, to do what God who created you to do, right? To do what God created you to do, right? You need to work with God. And as long as you and I are, you know, so indulged in sin, held down in sin, held down in captivity of sin, and all manner of death and future things, I'll tell you the truth, we cannot work with God effectively. We may see a few things happening in our lives, but we will be so far from the reality of the great things that God wants to do through us. So when the, devil, when the Bible tells us that we should flee from all appearance of evil, the Bible is telling, say, telling us or giving us a very powerful and candid advice. So I want to challenge you. right? God is not the one bringing temptation into your life. Some issues around temptation uh, most of the time is because of what we, some vulnerabilities in our heart, some weaknesses in our lives, and the enemy want to kind of like play on it, take advantage of that, to exploit those areas in order to get us into sin. Amen. I just feel, little, uh, I feel like blessing someone uh, with that. Uh, I was saying to someone that, you know, how I minister, I minister by the Spirit of God. Most of the time, I'm not even able to get to half of what I want to share with the people because God is speaking through me to people. Amen. So God is not the originator or the source of evil in our lives and he will never do evil to teach us a lesson or something. Stay getting back on the, on the journey of um, what purpose is.
Now, um, so God has a reason for whatever he wants to do in our life. He has a reason for everything he does in our life, excluding evil. Amen. I can emphasize that till Jesus comes. Praise the Lord. Now, so uh, the area of this theme, our focus for this month that I want to cover is what is purpose. Right, so what is purpose? Uh, when we attend the question and answer session on Friday, whatever your questions are will help me know what to focus on uh, next Sunday. Uh, this topic is something I can teach for six weeks, and I'm not exaggerating because one thing or the other will keep coming up, which I will need to unpack to you guys. But because I'm just going to be covering this for next two week, for this week and next week, uh, we try to focus on the things that God really wanted to hear. Uh, at this point in time in your journey with him. Praise the Lord. So, uh, to wrap up this introduction, I said that for us to be confident that our challenges, our, so our purpose surpasses our challenges, we need to clearly understand what purpose is. And I was trying to trace this to God being the source of our lives. Now, before we get into what purpose is, Let's look at a few things that purpose is not. What purpose is not. Now, purpose is not your talent. Purpose is not your giftings. I know it's common or it's a popular thing in the world. I mean, in the world of unsaved people to define a person's purpose by their giftings, not their natural abilities or their vocation. Now, one downside to seeing purpose as your vocation, as your natural abilities or talent, is that if things should change, so let's say, for instance, a person is a runner, right? If for any reason they had an accident or due to one situation or the other, they are no longer able to run, does that mean that an end has come to their reason for existence? And don't forget that if there's no government body or a trust or an organization that places value on a particular talent or skill or talents or skill, if the world does not place value on it, does that mean that people who have those talents have no reason for existence? What I'm trying to say is this the talent and the skills and the vocation that we seem to elevate today and some of us idolize or worship in a sense, uh, uh, as a result of how much value the world places on it. Like running, sprint runners and all kind of Olympics, you know, in the area of running, right? You can tell that I'm not that vast in that area, right? So in terms of running, uh, we have Mufara, who runs for England, right? Uh, if I'm not correct, please correct me, amen. Now, if the Britain government or their own Olympics, okay, now I don't know much about it, but just be on me. So if I know this guy runs, right. So if a government or a body, sporting, uh, the sporting body does not place any value on running that, you know, that, that is worth millions of pounds or millions of dollars, then that guy's skill set or his ability to run makes no sense. It has no value, right? So, and what if for any reason the... Uh, the spot body, the spotting body, you know, rules out that ability and say, and they say, you know what, this does not have any value <laughs> to us anymore. You know why? Maybe because it's not bringing in money anymore. People are no longer appreciating the fact that they can see a person run, cover a certain distance in a short period of time. 
Now, if people no longer value it, right, you know, these bodies will no longer celebrate or want to promote it because they are into this for money. I mean, I mean, they are, they are promoting the sporting activities and talent and skill set for money. So if it's not going to bring in any income, they're not going to celebrate it. So does that mean that if that running is ruled out and some other sporting ability, does that mean that the life of those people has ended? No. Right. And even running and sport, people can only do that up, up until a certain age. So to say that a person's gifting or ability, so a person's purpose is their ability and their, is their giftings and talent is a wrong way to look at purpose. Now, our purpose sometimes can point us in the direction of what we are called to do. I mean, why? What we are created to do or who we are created to be. And when I say do and be, they are two different things because who we are created to be, how would we want to really uh, focus on that based on our identity in Christ Jesus? And that's a fundamental level, the foundational level. So when I say be, I don't want us to look at being, becoming something uh, exclu- to, the exclu- uh, to the exclusion of who you are in Christ Jesus. Okay, because I've opened that topic, I think I need to clarify it a little bit so that I can continue on my journey. Now, fundamentally, a believer has an identity in Christ. There's something, there's someone who we are in Christ Jesus. And any other thing we become in life should be built on that. Because if we don't understand our identity in Christ Jesus, that we are chosen, we are loved, and so many things that the Bible says about us, we are delivered from the power and the dominion of darkness, all man, all manner of pressures and and amazing promises that God has given to us in Christ Jesus. If we don't understand them, the enemy can make a mess of our lives in whatever we are becoming. So fundamentally, at the foundation, at the core, every believer should be focused on understanding, knowing who they are in Christ Jesus. Their rights and their privileges in Christ. The right to the use of the name of Jesus. The right to put the enemy in his place. The right to walk in confidence. The right to walk as a child of God. The right to pray for the sick, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. The right, there are so many rights and privileges that God has given to us in Christ Jesus. And every believer needs to know these things, need to understand these things and walk in the reality of it. And as you understand those things, as you realize those things, what in the reality of them, you can build anything that you feel God has called you to be in your talent, your vocation on that. Amen. I hope I make some sense in that area. So talking about uh, doing what God has called you to do, right? Uh, to understand that, we need to... Uh, Sorry, I think I missed my line there. Uh, I'll get back on track. Sometimes when I get so passionate about that, I, you know, in some areas, I tend to miss some things that I was trying to say. But I remember I mentioned that, you know, uh, in becoming who God has called us to be, right, we need to ensure that we are not focusing on our talent. We are not defining our life and our value, our worth based on talent because anything can happen to our ability to perform that talent. Right, and there's more in that regard to, to that. Uh, there's a well respected man of God who, who teaches on purpose. And he said one day that Tiger Woods, with the golfer, the Tiger Woods that you know, swinging golf balls is his purpose. And in my spirit, I felt uncomfortable about it. Later on in my journey with God, I realized that that perspective is not correct. He talked about Michael B. Jordan, the basketballer. He said that was his purpose. I'm thinking, I'm not sure if bas- um, Michael Jordan still plays basketball now, but when I was a kid, I do know him. I see, I see him on basketball uh, games. Is that guy no longer, no longer playing basketball? Does that mean his purpose, his life has ended? His reason for existence has ended. So, in as much as our 
gifts can point us, can you know, give us a kind of like pointers to what we're called to do. I mean, how God wants us to function in doing what he's called us to do. Uh, our, pop, our talents and abilities should not be the ultimate criteria by which we determine our purpose. Amen. Right. So another thing that talent uh, purpose is not is purpose is not caught. You know, people say things like, you know, catch your purpose. So whatever you catch as your purpose is a function of the environment you are in at that point in time. So if you and I believe in catching our purpose, if we're in the wrong setting at a certain point in time or we're in a manipulative Christian environment, anything that drops in our mind may sound like our purpose because it felt good or there's a thrill or there's a kind of um, um, an experience we had at that point in time. So because of a spectacular experience we have at that point in time, or somebody walked in and just said something in the air, or something somehow, you know, there are so many g- gymnastics going on in the body of Christ today. You know, it's a, a purpose is something that you, ca- that you catch, right? You ca- most of the time you may catch the wrong thing, right? Hopefully you don't catch flu, thinking you catch purpose. I'm joking, you know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> Amen. So purpose is not something you catch. You know, it's not something you... You, you stagger your, your, your legs and you are looking for how to jump at something and catch it. No. God took his time to carefully craft you, to carefully appoint you. you know, at this point, I think let's just go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah 1 5. So if that will help us to start um, having a sense of what I'm talking about. Jeremiah 1 5. So look at what the Bible says. It said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, which means to separate, right? To sanctify, to separate unto something holy, right? I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So God said, before he formed, before, now look at this. Before the baby was formed in the womb, God said he knew that person. So that tells us that we are not our buddies. But we are that life that God breathed into Adam that makes them a living being. So we are a spirit. The Bible says in the book of James 2.26 that as a life without but the body is dead, so faith without works is dead. So if there's no spirit in the body, there's no life. The body is lifeless. So God knew a life before a body was formed in the womb of a woman. I repeat that. So God knew a life before a body was from the womb of the woman of a woman to for that life to function. So there's life. So if you look at me now, uh, on my left hand, just imagine on your left hand, think about it. There's a life that does not have a body. It's a spirit. It's kind of it's kind of a breath. It's invincible. And on your my right hand or your right hand, think about a body. So go back to the book of Genesis chapter 2. The Bible says that God breathed into a body, a human body, and that body becomes a living being. So there's a, there's, a, there's a life that is invisible and there's a body in which the life enters to, so that, that uh, which then makes that person a living being. Amen. So the Bible says to us here in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, and this applies to everyone of us, same concept, same principle. God did not create or some other people specially different away from how he created um, Jeremiah. He said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before his body was formed, he knew you. Before, before life kicked up, before life came alive in, in the Jeremiah's 
um, mother's womb, God knew who that guy was. And let's go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. What I'm trying to do here is to give us a sense of the intentionality of God when it comes to our purpose. We, didn't, we, we are not a victim of circumstance. Regardless of the circumstances surrounding you, surrounding your birth, you are not an accident. Amen. So, uh, Psalms 139. Let's go there. And let's start from verse 14. Now, watch this. I really like this. I'm, I'm using the New King James Version in, in church today. Now, the Bible reads, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was hidden from you. Sorry, my frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. I love this. Let, let's take verse 15 again. My frame was not hidden from you. So which means your genetic makeup, regardless of your size, is not unknown to God. So your height, so if you're born not as tall as you think you should be, or you are not as slim shady as you want to be, right? Is it God... Regardless of what happened, because your physiological identity, your look, right, is something you inherited from your parents to a very much extent, right? And God is so amazing that, you know, he, you know, when, when I stress things like this or I try to slow down, I'm trying to be, to, to, to be cautious how I say it because I know I can be very direct, right? And I know it's, it's something very sensitive to many people. So I'm trying to be empathetic and sympathetic. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, so um, don't feel bad about how you look, your shape, right? There's more to your life than what you look like. And don't try to, you know, pump some stuff or, or, ex or explode some stuff so that you can get the attention of the opposite sex or some people. When people limit you to what you look like or define your worth and value by what you look like, they are very short-sighted, right? They have, with all due respect, they don't have a quality sense of value. Amen. Because there's more to a person than their body. Amen. There's more value to a person than their body. When a person dies, the body is left lifeless. And I've been doing some meditation around this for some time, you know, because I, uh, God is leading me to start a podcast for single people. And one of the things that God was, leading, was showing me as I was meditating is that, you know, you, a, 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 a single person doesn't marry a body. We don't marry a body. We marry a person. You know why? Or, or do you believe that? Because the thing is this. God forbid, when the person dies at a good old age, they leave the body behind. They leave the body behind. So why don't we carry on the relationship with the, with the body? But we did not marry a body. We married a spirit and a soul. And the spirit and the soul, they habitate in that, they habitate in that body. They live in that body. So a person is not their body. So if you don't look or you don't fit into the into the definition or the standard of beauty that the world has cut for themselves, don't feel bad about it. 
There's more to your life than what you look like. Amen. Uh, you know, I remember Paul at some point when they were about to kill him. The Bible records that they they kept him, they put him in a basket and they they escaped him. But I miss my grandma here. You know, they they, they took him, they, they they escaped him through the we, through a window. So they put him in a basket and they took him out. I mean, he escaped in a basket through a window. So I was thinking, if Paul was as I don't know how big the basket was, but I'm thinking if Paul was too tall. I don't think he will have been able to do other works of ministry that he did because he will have too, been too, he will have been too tall to fit into the basket. I'm just joking. I'm just thinking. I'm just me thinking. One of my thinking sessions. Amen. So I'm trying to encourage someone here that the figure you have, the shape you have, is perfect for your assignment. Is perfect for your purpose. Amen. So verse 15 says, "My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought." skillfully designed in the lowest part of the earth your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they all were written the days fashioned for me when i when as yet there were none of them okay i will not go too much into that because uh might take me another uh, 10 minutes to try to explain that but let, let, let's focus on that verse 15 talking about how god skillfully designed you created you molded you crafted you right so uh yes i understand that so the question someone's mind is what about people born with deformity now people born with deformity it wasn't god who created them that way right something went wrong the enemy was at work the enemy may have influenced the mother or the you know something or medical something medical something uh, accident that have they may have that have not that has hindered them from forming fully well, and that should also tell us that we are not our bodies, right? Our purpose is not uh, our body, our look, our shape cannot hinder us from doing what God has called us to do. I mean, we have a purpose, we have a bigger purpose. Maybe this is against some people, this is one of people's challenges about their purpose. I mean, challenges that their purpose face, or with or vice versa, right? No. You know, there's so much value and intentionality of God behind your framing, behind your your birth, behind your life, and how you look, what you, why you look, should not hold you back, should not hinder you, should not affect, you know, how you see yourself and what God is able to do through you. Amen. So, uh, besides deformity, right? Everyone born into this world with full limbs and everything was skillfully wrought by God. Amen. So you are not an accident. Praise God. You are not an accident. So I've shared those two verses with us, two, two uh, chapter and verses with us to help us retain a sense of intentionality. So you're not an accident. God has a reason for your existence, right? He has a reason for your existence, for creating you. So purpose is not caught. So don't try to stagger and try to go catch something somewhere. Your life is too meaningful for you to go and catch something. I repeat, your life is too meaningful. Your life carries so much value than for you to go and try to catch something. Amen. So purpose is not fabricated by thoughts. So don't try to cook something up as your purpose. The people of the world are very skillful at that. You know, they will give themselves to a particular mission, a particular cause to say, you know what, this is what I'm called to do. This is who I am. This is what I'm living for. And many Christians are doing that. Don't forget what I said earlier on. There's, 
a lot of limitations to defining your purpose by your talent. Anything can happen. I also want to say to you that there are many potentials and abilities on the inside of us that are yet untapped, that we don't even have a clue about. If somebody probably discover more of the abilities on the inside of them and the watch starts celebrating it, many of us may then realize that we actually can do that thing and do it so well. Right. So, but there's the ultimate purpose in God's heart for us, and I'll touch on a few of them. Uh, maybe I'll touch on it before I before we shut down today. Amen. So uh, let's go to. So, if purpose is not something you can fabricate, you can coin, you can carve, then then how is then what is purpose? So, purpose I will say is revealed. Don't forget. Uh, Psalms 139.15 says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, you know, um, and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth. You know, verse 16, 16 says, You saw your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. So it talks about the intentionality of God. Now God said to Jeremiah, He said, Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Now let's go to Galatians 1.15. Galatians 1.15. Now, please don't forget that God is spirit. Excuse me. God is spirit. John chapter 4. Jesus said, God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Right? So I'm trying to open our eyes to see that purpose is not something you catch. So purpose is not something you just fabricate, just come up with something in your mind. You know, don't, don't, we should not do that. So if God has an intention before he created you, if he has a plan, an intention, uh, a reason before he created you, then you cannot in your own imagination just come up with something. Amen. Or we should not come up with something in our mind. So uh, Galatians 1.15 says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, to reveal his son in me when he pleased when he pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace now separated me from my mother's womb is also the same thing as sanctification now when he said to Jeremiah before I formed you in your, in your mother's womb I sanctified you I separated you unto a calling I separated you unto a holy calling each and every one of us who believe that we are created by God were sanctified unto a calling, unto an assignment, unto a purpose that God knows. So no one can accomplish anything on earth without God, without reference to God, or no one in the world who may have accomplished any kind of thing they think in their life without reference to God will can confidently said they they fulfilled purpose am i making any sense now i'm not sure that that how i phrased that one was was spot on right so let me rephrase it if a person is trying to fulfill a particular mission on earth and it's just about it's all about them it's all about what they think they you know their abilities their talent anyone who are, who is trying to fulfill a mission in their own strength without reference to god cannot say they're fulfilling god's purpose they may do a good thing it might be a good course but that does not mean that they fulfill the will of God. That does not mean that they are in God's plan and purpose. That does not mean that they are living for God's purpose for their lives. 
So it still goes back to the fact that purpose cannot be caught. We can't just come up with the purpose. So Paul is saying here, he said, but when he pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me. Now, listen to this, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. What was Paul separated unto? What was Paul sanctified unto? What was Paul called unto? To preach the gospel to the Gentiles. He said, I did not, com- I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. I think I want to pause it a little bit and tell us uh, how important it is to give ourselves to discovering our purpose, to praying about it, to walking with God. Some of us, our purpose is not something we'll catch overnight. <laughs> I'm using the word you can catch. When you go for a prayer meeting, or you go on a fasting and praying, Father, I want to know my purpose. I want to know my purpose. And something opened up from heaven, and then you say, yeah, this is my purpose, and start running with it. No. In my own opinion, I think purpose is revealed to us as we continue in our walk with the Father. God will not show you everything about your life all of a sudden. He will show you. He will show you the ones you can handle. He will show you things that are beyond you. Things that you, you know, he, he will show you something, things that you cannot fulfill with, with your own strength. Let me add to that. You know, purpose is not something, the, God's purpose for your life is not, not something you cannot fulfill with your own strength or abilities. I repeat, the purpose of God for your life is not something you can fulfill with your own strength or abilities. If you look at people of the world, a lot of them believe so much in what they are able to do or human or natural faith. We can do this. Say to yourself, I can do this. I am this. I am the greatest. I am this. I am that. God's purpose God is spirit and is the almighty, almighty God. His purpose for our life can never be fulfilled, cannot be fulfilled by human strength. If we don't need God to fulfill God's purpose for our lives, then that purpose, so let me, let me repeat that. If we don't need God to fulfill God's plan and purpose for our life, now God's plan and purpose in quotes, then that purpose is not from God. That is not God's authentic purpose for us. Because God's purpose for our lives, right, require God. God's purpose for our life is beyond our ability. It's beyond what we can think or imagine. We will always need God every step of the way in fulfilling his purpose. His his purpose is spiritual. Amen. So Paul is saying here, he said, you know, when he pleased the father who separated him from his mother's womb to preach the gospel. Right. Over a period of time, it was when it, uh, Paul actually uh, discovered his purpose. And you, you may even hear something from God as to what God wants you to do. But the revelation understanding of it will come with time as you continue with God. Amen. So if there's anything anyone is doing or anyone is running in their own strength and ability and it is working for them and they, they believe so much that this is happening because of their ability or strength because, because they worked or labored, Right, uh, I'm not sure they are fulfilling God's purpose. They may be on, they may be going in, the, in that direction, but if they can see themselves as the one who is making the thing happen, then they are not close to fulfilling what God has called them to do. Amen. You know, whatever you do for God, whatever God leads you to do, you must be every time be able to say, and not because you want to render a lip service to it. You look at it and say, you know what, this is not normal. This is not natural. A human, and human ability, a human ability cannot accomplish this. 
people ask me how I do church. Like, how do you do it? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I don't know. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I don't know. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so purpose is reviewed. You know, we, so we can say that in the life of Paul. Uh, we can also say that purpose, purpose is discovered. So we, we should embark on that journey of discovering our purpose. And I also want to say that purpose cannot happen or does not happen by chance. I think I should um, expand on uh, more on that next week. But let me show you something about Jesus to make us feel more comfortable. So even Jesus discovered his purpose from the word of God. Now, uh, let's start, let me start from verse 17, Luke chapter 4, verse 17. Now, the Bible says, And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now listen to this. Let's rewind a little bit. A little bit. It said, uh, the concluding part of 17, it said, He found the place where it was written. The Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Even Jesus had a reference point in the prophecy of Isaiah about his purpose, his assignment. Amen. So, the guys we respect in the Bible, we, talking about their purpose, showed us that you know their purpose had to do with God and it's in God. So, to give us a tester about the, your purpose, the foundation of your purpose or my purpose let's go to saint corinthians 5 14 and i will take it off from there tomorrow uh next week saint corinthians 5 15. now uh verse, I'll take, let's start on verse 14 sorry 14 says for the love of christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all then all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So the Bible is saying to us here that you and I, whom Jesus died for, that our reason for existence should no longer be for whatever we want to achieve in our own mind, what we think. But our reason for existence should be rooted in Christ living for him so if you want to get on the journey of discovering your purpose at all you gotta start with christ because you and i ought not to live unto ourselves living unto ourselves mean living for our own natural accomplishment or whatever we want to achieve kind of thing i'm not saying that we should not we should not aim to accomplish some things some natural things right and we have a nice house you know have a nice job um build your business empire but all of all of that that you do should be unto Christ and for Christ because he died for you. So anyone who is not a Christian, who is not a born again believer, child of God, can live for whatever. But if you have received Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord and your Savior and you have submitted your life unto God, I mean, okay, that may, be, may even be going too far because not many people have done that even though they are Christians. But, 
if you have tasted the goodness of the Lord that Jesus died for you and you know that Jesus died for you, Jesus loves you, you know, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. If you have been engrafted into the family of God, if you are, if you are a child of God, the foundation of your sense of purpose should be in Christ and for Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 and I'll shut down. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, you know, saying that we are God's handwork. Still ties into Psalms 139. Right. We say we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Can you say that you have a purpose? God has it. He has it. You don't, you don't need to try to cook it up. You don't need to try to, to, to shake heaven, to, to manipulate God, to twist the arm of God, to give you a purpose. No. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So people of the world may find something as their own purpose, but for you and I who are in Christ Jesus, now our born-again spirit is what the Bible refers to, recre- being recreated in Christ Jesus. And when we are recreated in Christ Jesus, that now that we have the life of God and we have eternal life, the Bible tells us that God, this work of recreation, redemption, salvation in us was unto the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. So if God was one who prepared the work, then we need him, his help to do the work. It means he is the only one who can reveal the work to us. If it is with him, we can't get it without. If the purpose, our purpose for existence is with God and is in God, then it can't come from a motivational speaking session. Amen. I hope that blesses you guys. Um, yeah. I don't know how to pause. I don't know how to stop. I can only pause. Yeah. And next week, uh, we will look at, um, we'll continue from here and allow the Holy Spirit to open my eyes and my heart to, to minister to you guys. So uh, Friday, I'll be with you guys for Bible study. Come with your questions, loads of them. And then whatever questions that we are able to answer, I'm going to answer them. And the ones that I'm not able to answer, I'll probably, you know, touch on them. Uh, next week. All right. Thank you, church family. It's been a pleasure sharing the word of God with you guys. I've been blessed and I hope you guys have been blessed. Uh, See you on Friday. God bless you and have a wonderful Sunday. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.